0: welcome to episode number 20 of the thrash report for october 20th 2020 this is your weekly music commentary podcast where we discuss all things metal and heavy music my name is chris and joining me my co-host jim jim osborne what's going on man
1: forgive me if i don't shake hands (laughs) it's that kind of world right now
0: yeah?
1: No, I'm doing good. I actually had uh, a good day. I got to do one of my favorite things and totally fuck with a scammer.
0: Oh, oh yes. I read that on Facebook. It was hilarious, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give, got, give, give us a little 30-second elevator pitch of that. That, that was great.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I just had a... I've kind of made a hobby or some would say an art of messing with telemarketers, scammers. I don't know, I've got A few stories, but the one today was, I got a call from, I forget exactly how it started, but it was something about how I need to stop working right now and take care of the case that is against me, for if I don't, I could be arrested or I can have a warrant for me. (laughs) It's fun to speak to a representative, so being me, I pressed one. And they asked why I was calling, and I said, Oh my
2: God, I need to know why I'm in trouble, what I do!
1: (laughs) So the lady says something I couldn't really understand her. And then she asked for my name. I gave her my name and then she asked me to spell it. So I said, yeah, G-O-F-U-C-K-Y-O-U-R-S. And then she rudely interrupts me and says, sir, I cannot keep writing this. I said, well, you shouldn't have called me. Oh, my God. That's great. Most people get on a do not call list, but I think telemarketers (laughs) and ass faces like that put me on the do not call list.
0: That's awesome.
1: So (laughs) highlight of my day until right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, love it, man, love it.
1: So how are you doing?
0: Doing well, man, doing well. Uh, It's, uh, you know, we got, um, those of you that are listening today on Tuesday, uh, we got like, I measured on my deck and I had about seven inches of snow, so um, I heard, I heard today that we we broke uh, broke a record. Um, basically, um, as long as they've been keeping track, like 123 years or something. So, um, yeah, most likely we won't see s- this much snow this early ever again in my lifetime. So, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But yeah, it was. Uh, I went out and shoveled, and it was uh, great snowball weather. Yeah.
1: I bet I'm a little further south than you. I saw a few flakes, but that was about it.
0: So. Yep, we we got we got some. So, I also want to let everyone know we have a very special guest. Um, yes. We do. Jo- yeah, joining us this week. Um, I want to introduce everyone to Andy. Andy, welcome to the show, man. Hey,
2: um, I'm calling this number back. Somebody just left a message on my thing saying I needed to call
0: back.
1: <laughs> What's going oh, on? No, uh,
2: <laughs> I like that story. That's funny. I um um I, to to add on to that too I I just know I just remember seeing a uh one of those scammer calls called the uh, the police chief of the city and they messed and they messed with <laughs> yeah. that person so bad she had it on speakerphone oh and gosh. the whole entire police yeah. department was there and it's on YouTube I think <laughs> if you just search for it oh, that's yeah hilarious. I've seen that. Great. <laughs> so it so it 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 sounded funny but I didn't I didn't watch it but it sounded funny
0: that is great that is great
1: yeah so.
0: Yeah, man, totally. Um, Andy, again, thanks for uh, coming on the show today. Uh, Andy, yeah. and I, Andy and I, we uh, we go back uh, friends from from high school. I was trying to think, Andy, when uh, I guess how long ago was it? Was it was it high school? Yep. Was it junior high? No, it I wasn't junior high. It was
2: nineteen eighty eight, high school.
0: Got it. Oh, perfect year, dude. It's great year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was so much great metal that year.
2: Yep, I, I I went to a different school, but then I, that was my first year at North High, and got it.
0: Yep,
1: that's North awesome. High is this St. Paul, Minnesota. Yep. North St. Paul, Minnesota.
0: That's right. All and right. our our school now is uh, a pile of rubble. No, they they basically tore it down, and I don't know, they built it's old school. They built something new. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, Andy and I we we used to talk metal back in the day. Um, well, he was a sandwich artist. I would stop and talk about Tourniquet and other Christian metal. Yep. Oh, I name. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, we we've hit some some shows over the years too, and so it was just thought it would be great to have him on and uh, have him share some uh, little nuggets of joy and some commentary over some of the uh, some of the news and releases that we got cooked on this episode.
1: I'd like um, to make a. Comment on Christian metal. It just occurred yeah. to me that how awesome the metal community is. That you know, metal gets this thing like, oh, we're all devil worshiping Satanists, and well, there's obviously we all those Christian metal, but I've never heard a metalhead rip on another metalhead for liking Christian metal or anything. Yeah, I think it's because it's still metal, and that's what we I, are. So that's right. Just... Back in the day, though, I used to get a lot of guff.
2: Exactly that. Like, that's not real metal. That's, you know, that's God metal. And it's like, and then you had Striper hit the scene. And I think that all went away. (laughs) Striper hit the scene and they were selling out arenas and stuff. And I mean, that was my first concert I ever went to with Striper and Armored Saint. Yeah. Oh, that that
0: was crazy, man. That was at the Orpheum
2: in Minneapolis. Wow. I think that was 1984, 85. I can't remember what year that was
0: dude i wish uh that would have been cool i mean just being at that show uh in that time right i mean i'm a huge armored saint fan that would have been
2: yeah i got to admit though that back in the back in those days i was more like a christian metal fan so i didn't know who armored saint was
0: and 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 it's
2: kind of one of those (laughs) things where it's like when you go to a show and they have like an opening band you're not so sure of and and they're like you're kind of like oh these guys are kind of like not like striper so i don't know if i really like them and they kind of you know, and, and and also back then I was kind of like, I want to see Striper. I don't care about these guys, you know? So it's like back then I was like, uh, whatever. But then I think it's funny, like you fast forward <laughs> now and it's like, you got to go back and listen to that. I'm like, this is some good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, let me ask you this. You know, we kind of talk about uh, about this with other, other guests too. Um, you know, being in such a weird time, we're going to talk through some uh, concert calendars and some live stream events. What are, what is your thoughts on the state of, Venues, live music. um, You know what? What are we now in a world where it's going to be forever changed? What What do you think?
2: I think it's forever changed. I I I I I just recently listened to the one with uh, is his name John the Butcher? John the Butcher. I knew was I was close, and he said that he said (laughs) that it was going to be a good long time before he went to a concert with like hundreds of sweaty guys with no shirts on jumping on each other. And I, that that yeah, that right. made me laugh but it's like totally on point it's you know i mean i'm diabetic so i have to kind of watch you know like being you know near people and stuff because i don't i don't want to contact anything like that and end up in the hospital or even bring it home you know to to uh my father lives in and he's like 74 so i don't want to give it to him either you know right so right. i mean it, it, it's gonna be a while like i i think even if like they came out with a uh Like a vaccine this, this, the end of this year, and they said, oh, this is gonna, everything's gonna be great. And then they start having shows. I think you're still gonna have like half the amount of people show up to a show because you're just gonna have people that aren't gonna trust the vaccine. And who knows who's gonna take the vaccine, you know? So, yeah, I, I,
0: I, I, you're
2: gonna have to have a good long time without very, you know, like maybe today we had two COVID, you know, related people that, you know, were, you know, stuff like that, were not these thousands and hundreds.
0: Mm right right i think uh you know it's definitely going to be a hard time for those bands just starting out you know they're they're always support acts they're always there just you know pounding it they're playing you know live shows every week you know what i mean they're they're trying to make a name for themselves i think it's really going to be really really difficult for them um in the coming years to really get that following i I don't know i mean maybe they're going to start doing their own thing i mean have the youtube channel they're going to do guitar clinics they're gonna do lessons they're gonna do like all these other ways to make a living
2: yeah right? i I, I think that they have to kind yeah. of watch what these um um i don't want to say metal has to become mainstream but i think they have to watch these like rappers and stuff because they seem to keep bringing in those millions of views and you know and like and like streams and everything and it just seems to me that like then then they put on these uh like the the they put on those award shows and people watch by the millions of those things to see, you know, the newest rapper or pop singer. I I don't know if metal would, if if metal could put on like a, a, like, like the download festival used to be in the beginning where it was, they would show every band online and you could see them perform. So instead of having every band be in one place, you could have Metallica play, but then you can sell tickets to it, you know, you pay $200, but then you get to see a full 200, you know, two hour set by, you know, Sepultura, the reformation of the original band or something, or, you know, Faith No More or something, right. and they don't necessarily have to be in the same place, but you could just watch, The you know, I, I would do something like that, that would be big, but you'd have to get the bigger bands to perform like that, and you could do like the the, the, the lesser known bands... Like you said, that that are gigging and stuff, but you could have them be the opening bands, that only play like thirty minutes, so people would sit there and watch, and they'd see like, oh, wow, this band's great. I'm gonna go listen to some of their music online. Right.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No yeah, valid point. Yeah. You make us think, Andy. Try. You know what? What are <laughs> what what are we gonna do? And with that, let's go ahead and jump to the headlines. What do we got first, guys?
1: Well, I hear corduroy pillows are making headlines everywhere. <laughs> um, like
0: re- <laughs> re- related related to the podcast?
1: Or not? Oh, which podcast are we doing?
0: <laughs> well, today we're doing the Thrash Report.
1: Oh, okay. Click, click, click. All right. <laughs> yes. I saw a story that Kurt Hammett from you know who. The- <laughs> All right. Now they'll get that out of the way. <laughs> He has, I believe, four songs written and not complete. I think i got a little bit of work to do yet, but he is working on tracks that he's creating with Edwin Outwater, who's the guy that conducted the SNM 2 performance. And uh, he's, uh, he's the conductor, and he's working with a small chamber orchestra, some other musicians, and they're doing kind of like a horror-themed thing. And uh, he says that it feels like the best things he's ever done.
0: really wow
1: he's in metallica (laughs) so yeah he says they're still in a rough mix stage but uh he's got yeah like i said four tracks and they're all about or he says they're kind of like different movies they're not soundtracks but they're like movies they tell Mm. a story so if i I think the crossover is cool and i'm obviously a hammett fan and be cool to see what that is especially if he says it's the best stuff he's ever done
0: yeah that that's getting uh that's getting deep so each yeah. one is kind of like a, tells a story. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, you know what? I'll, I'll listen. Absolutely, man. Yep, totally totally cool.
1: Yep. So he says it's the best stuff he's ever done. And when James Hetfield was asked, he said,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too, too <laughs> <That funny. photo. laughs>
2: I, guess, I guess the only reservation good. I'd have on that, if I could, um, is, If they're four minute songs, how can, you know, they tell a story. If they're like 25 minute songs, then we got something.
1: That would be really cool. Yeah. Otherwise
2: it's just a riff and then they put a a orchestra behind it. That's how I feel about it. You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a great take, Andy. That's awesome. (laughs) That would make sense. It would be longer you know like a big yeah. production so yeah, yeah. I, Cause I mean true. with
2: words you can make a story like you know the unforgiven you know you listen to the whole song and then at the end he says i'm you know the, the guy's me and so you're like oh man yeah. that's kind of cool that it's you know he's singing about this guy that's beaten down and he's singing about himself but you don't realize that till the very end
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah
2: that reminds
1: me there's a, there's a book out there i read part of years ago like just to check it out it's i think it was a psychologist or something wrote about james's lyrics and kind of book them all down and i forget what it's called i can look it up but you mentioning that just popped into my head but it's kind of a cool concept
0: so that's awesome very yeah, cool yeah,
1: check that out and make a note yeah so moving on we've got news from the band chimera do you remember chimera i do oh so good
0: i i had their debut disc i what it was called was it was it self-titled i can't remember
1: uh might be i'm not positive um yeah they're one of those bands you know i know their sound i can probably pick them out anywhere but being the digital age i've heard them all but i don't really look at titles or albums so yep yep (laughs) not too familiar with that but we've discussed that on an earlier episode Uh, but yeah they have done in the past chimera christmases and they had one booked for this year but not released like they hadn't announced it yet Oh, and then you know COVID came out I think they were planning on releasing that this summer that they were going to do that but COVID hit crushed everything and they had even gotten so far as to considering writing some riffs and sending them to each other and kind of working on some new material because last I've heard they aren't a band you know they're just right. done so the thought of new chimera's awesome yeah so hopefully something comes from that
0: totally i think um you know i'm always a fan of uh but this this planning their their chimera christmas with actually christmas songs or that's just what they're calling it for when they release it is that what you're i guess i i got lost
1: yeah uh it's chimera christmas 2020 is what they're gonna do and they've had like come here christmas 2016 2017 and they just i think it's just a concert they do and christmas time. Got I it. don't think it's uh like I was gonna say, it.
0: are they are they doing christmas songs because that would be freaking awesome. I would be all over <laughs> that. I love metal christmas tunes, dude. So yeah, awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool,
1: man. Yeah, and then uh As we've mentioned before, Gamma Bomb is working on stuff. And they released a new song, lyric video, "Sheer Khan. Oh, my
0: God. Is Mowgli in there?
1: (laughs) I did not see Mowgli. No. (laughs) I did watch the video, though. It's a cool video, cool song, fun lyrics. And their new album, Sea Savage, will be out December 4th. And like I've said before, it's everything you'd expect from them. It's fast, a little goofy, and just good time. Good time thrash.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Gamma Bomb. They, they bring it pretty awesome, dude.
1: Yeah. Then this next one, have you heard about what some of the members of steel Panther are doing?
0: <laughs> no, dude. Like, I, read, I read this <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening?
1: Yep. So three quarters of steel Panther are going to appear in ads for Del taco. And they're performing as a fictional band called crispy tiger. <laughs> and that is tiger spelled with a Y, not an I. <laughs> And that is explained in one of the videos that they have released. Uh they had <laughs> I watched I watched two videos. They had one that was the actual thirty second ad thirty second ad for Del Taco. It was hilarious. The dude's playing a bass guitar, but it's uh, like a hot sauce bottle. That's uh <laughs> you know how uh Michael Anthony had the Jack Daniels bass? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, this guy's uh what is it called? Uh Tapakiyo hot sauce bass or something? Or Cholula, I think it was. So he's got a hot sauce base. <laughs> so yeah, they have the ad out, and then they have another just very brief, fifty-second.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Interview,
1: if you want to call it. I'm, so, I'm sorry.
0: I'm like I'm crying right now because I just read the last <laughs> the last four words of your story. And just...
1: yep, as if we all needed another reason to eat tacos. I love Sexican food.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> uh that's good, man. Yeah. I like it. I'm gonna. I can't wait. Now it's gonna make me go. Actually, do we even? I don't think we have Del Taco here, do we? I don't think we have it in the Midwest.
1: Nearly West Coast things.
0: Yeah, I know my sister always ate at Del Taco. Yeah,
1: and then speaking of funny videos, our good friends at War Machine Marketing—that's uh, the company Ro Coley has our guest from a few episodes ago. He shared a video on his social media. I know Facebook and Instagram for sure, and. They had at one point made a handheld Dino Cazares face for (laughs) Dino's 50th birthday bash. (laughs) And War Machine says that it's one of their most memorable items they've made. And kind of the point of the video is for dudes to stop staring at ladies' (laughs) asses. So what they do is they have this picture of Dino... So now these ladies, if they're getting stared at, they put this picture of Dino on their asses (laughs) to gross out the men so they don't stare at them. (laughs) So ladies go out and get your Kazar ass. And the tagline from the video is make that ass obsolete with Kazar ass. (laughs) That's a very funny video. So Nice job. War Machine. Nice job. Whoever put the video together. I didn't see, but
0: that's awesome. Check it out. I can't wait to watch that. That is great.
1: War Machine on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. funny. Wonder what Dino thinks of it.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I I have a couple uh, couple stories here, talking about um, again uh, a band I'm I'm super into, uh, um, a newer band, Five Finger Death Punch. So a couple mm-hmm. uh, a couple stories here. Um, and Andy, you and I, we got to see them. Yes, in that Milwaukee. was amazing. Yeah, we did road trip to Milwaukee. We saw them on that show with. Uh, was it bad, bad Wolves, Bulls I think? and star set dude star set was They were weird. what I,
2: I found out more information <laughs> about star set though initially yeah, yeah. it makes it kind of cool though when we came back I kind of looked more into them. the the lead singer yeah he was an art student and he came up with this kind of, it sounds like war. he came up with the whole idea yeah. of star set as his uh what do you, I don't know what you call that when you when you're finishing your art school and you have to come up with your big project at the end he came up with the whole world sure. of star that star set is set in, and so oh, okay. apparently, which we couldn't see because the people were wearing masks and stuff. If you if you watch their music videos, um, they all tell a story of a, a dystopian world where the government runs everything and everybody gets implanted with these like uh, these things on the side of their head. And when they want you to do something, they put it on and it turns green, and they allow you to free think. But then, when they want to control you, I think it turns orange, and then th- and then when it turns like orange, they're controlling you. And then when it turns red, you're dead or you're you're shut off or dead. So it's pretty interesting. If <laughs> I, I I guess I wasn't looking too closely while we were there, but apparently when the people started playing, the um their things on their helmets yeah. and their heads went green. And then when they were done oh. playing, so like if the drummer, like if it was just like a like the, they had a violinist and I think a cellist. And when they weren't playing, they were just like sitting there, like you know, limp. Their thing went red. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's <laughs> I. I do remember that. I had no, yeah, so, I had no idea, man. I that was.
1: I think that's called. I think that's called the Green New Deal, isn't it?
2: <laughs> so apparently, apparently, yeah. Each album, they just had an album. I think came out in 2019 or 20, early 2020. And yeah, the newest video for it is pretty. It's pretty weird, but it's pretty cool. It's it's it and and it's not very political or anything. It's just kind of like this you know dystopian world in the future where the government runs everything and 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 a lot of the songs like um are the lyrics all tell a story and stuff it's kind of like cambied and coheed and cambria where if you listen to the songs they kind of tell the story of a, of a world and...
0: okay okay i'll i'll, I'll yeah, give I'll them that, that yeah i'll give them that um i just i felt as though that it maybe just didn't necessarily fit the five finger and no, it bad wolves bill. It didn't. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, right on. Well, so basically, uh, five finger death punch, they released a video, um, uh, last week for living the dream. And, uh, you know, obviously came right out-
1: when I watched it, I texted you cause I wanted to hear what you had thought about this. So I want, I want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, so I, I right away, I mean, I, again, I watched it, it dropped at like seven o'clock, uh, 7 PM that night. Um, uh, I don't know. Was it when, Thursday? I can't remember. Anyway. So, um, you know, I watched it a couple times. I'm like, okay, you know, I, whatever they got cooking, but you know what? It was stuck in my head. The song was stuck in my head. I, I, you know, I was, I, I was kind of humming it all weekend. Right. Well, um, this video, this music video, it was pretty much just, it kind of blew up. <laughs> they kind of had like a little bit of a backlash here. Right. So, um, and i think you you and i we we texted back and forth and i i mentioned i said you know i i think that one you know people tend to take things way too literally and um <laughs> and uh and, and i also think that you know there is i don't think there's another band that's more patriotic than five finger death punch i mean they they've done so much for um our armed forces and, you know, the freedoms that we have. And, and they definitely, <laughs> they definitely talk about it. So the crazy thing here is that, so this basically when this video dropped, um, it was met with a, this, a backlash of people about basically if people were to wear a mask or, you know, basically what are they really trying to, to communicate in this video? There was complaints basically under like, you know, a communist system of government and now the, the crazy thing here is uh, uh, Zoltan, so Zoltan Bathory, um, he's an immigrant. He grew up under total, uh, totalitarian rule. And he stressed that the concern for this, there's certain some parallels that he was seeing in America, but all the mass segments that, that were in the video, basically, they're about hypo- basically hypocrisy at the highest level. So really talking about how when the rules are made, they're made for, for you but the people who made the rules are exempt, right? So pretty much the, the standard across like all dictatorships, and so um, you know he kind had, like Animal Farm, he, yeah. And he, you know he he mentioned he basically grew up in this, so he he could firsthand reference that, and that's what he was really kind of you know again it was all fiction. He was making fun of it, but really the scene in question that a lot of people were throwing up their arms was not an anti-mask message, but um, he just went on to say that 500 Death Punch, you know, they currently sell a variety of masks to help mitigate the spread of coronavirus. I'm sure selling masks to make s- some money probably <laughs> probably doesn't <laughs> hurt. But still, we understand. Yeah. Andy, would
1: you like to buy a Thrasher Report sure. face mask?
0: Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but basically... I mean, in all seriousness, these, these these masks are there to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus, and they're recommended by the CDC um, and uh, Dr. Fauci, right? So in the scene, the female political figure wears a pin saying that she was exempt, right? So she didn't have to wear a mask. And then as she applauds those that are compliant in making sure that they are wearing a mask and basically awarding them with a, a pin that says compliance, And so, um, you know, talks about seeing these, you know, communist hammer and sickle logos on the pin. So people were kind of upset about that. And, you know, the thing is Zoltan goes on to say, you know, we do not have an anti-mask message. That wasn't the point of the video. We have a a link to his actual response. It's very well-spoken. And, uh, yeah, people just got to chill, just enjoy the, enjoy the music for what it is. And, uh, you know
1: don't get that's more it's more a case of people seeing a couple of images and words and yep it's one thing without doing any research
0: exactly they just i also think it's kind of
1: ironic
2: how um when they first started out and they came out with war is the answer that album people were like oh you're pro-war and and they're like no we're just pro you know the 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 troops and we're trying to you know and, and it just blows yeah. my mind how people, they see them, you know, performing for the troops in their videos and, you know, and they're, they're in, you know, they are in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and and people just are like, yeah. Oh, well you're for war. And it's like, no, we're just here trying to entertain the troops because, you know,
1: Yeah,
0: totally. I know. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, you're absolutely right, Andy. I think people, you know, they, they jump to conclusions and, uh, yeah some sometimes you just gotta do a little little bit of background before you start jumping down someone's throat and you know what maybe you don't know the backstory, so let's just uh benefit of the doubt here um actually, I have some more five finger death punch news um man this episode's really gonna turn off uh a couple listeners I know that are very <laughs> outspoken um <laughs> let's one of them, one of them is the wiener.
2: Hey, hey, well, you gotta calm down there
0: Chuck. <laughs> um but anyway, so um, it was actually kind of shocking. I had no idea, so Jason Hook officially announced um, that he's leaving Five finger Death Punch and they already have a um, basically a replacement so i didn 't realize that this actually took place in February, but this actually the news actually just went live last week, so back in February it was kind of gone they um, if Jason actually said that he he was leaving the band, um, he had left. Um, he joined the band in 2009, and said really the the reason why he's leaving the band. You know, he said he's had a pleasure of meeting you know so many of you you know um, uh, um, in person, right? I mean, endless stories of how the music has touched everyone in, in some way. And the best part of of being on tour the last 12 years by far is playing my guitar and and seeing the joy on your faces every night. And he's going to miss that more than anything um, about playing live and five Finger death punch. But it really, as far as him leaving, he says there really isn't a reason, you know, he, he went on to say that, um, you know, he's been in bands his entire life. And he just felt that, you know, at time is, is, you know, he's all good. He can do all he can here. And it's time to pass the baton to someone new and move on to new challenges. Now again, he you know, he's had the uh, the documentary called mm-hmm. Hired Guns talking about all these, you know, s- studio musicians, um, filling in you know, he, he's played in a lot of bands as you know, sh- Siri, be quiet. God, my home pods are talking to me. Um, but you know, he's 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 talked about, you know, he's played with Alice Cooper, he's played with a lot of other bands too. So
1: sorry,
0: I'm having trouble hearing <laughs> you. That wasn't me. and uh so basically so what's interesting though and again i you know i thought again he's awesome i I loved watching him live so many times um i didn't really realize you know again if he looked at five finger death punch as just another job you know what i mean i it always makes me it feels me makes me feel a little sad whenever i always think of a band as something very personal and it's part of that person. And when you just leave um, and you you just look at it as it's just a job and I'm just going to fill this to, um, you know, to earn a paycheck or whatever. Um, And I hope that wasn't the case. I hope it really, truly was part of him. I know so many people, you know, did meet and greets with them and and stuff like that, but uh, I'm really excited about his his replacement so this uh this before new guy you go
1: too much further yeah, yeah. is are you saying that the riffs won't have hooks anymore? oh yeah oh good one sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i'm on the dad joke podcast again sorry I...
0: <laughs> that's all right Forget. man i like i like dad jokes they're good <laughs> um so he, he basically
1: the biggest dad joke <laughs> <laughs> no oh. she does that's good. sorry <laughs> that's all right
0: that's all right man um he passed the torch over to this new lead guitarist um a renowned british guitarist by the name of andy james um andy james was also he featured on um the the track broken world this is one of five previously unreleased tracks that were on the new release decade of destruction volume two that dropped last week or two weeks ago two weeks ago. Um, he has released three studio, uh, three solo albums on his own, and he also was a lead guitarist for a band called uh, Sacred Mother Tongue. Um, in addition to his career as performing and recording artist, he's filmed several instructional videos, uh, you know, guitar DVDs, and uh, he does a lot of workshop workshops and clinics all over the globe. Um, we'll also add. Uh, a YouTube link to uh, one of the tracks called the end from sacred mother tongue. Um, Yeah. It's, it's heavy. You know Um, I'm just trying to see where he'll fit. I mean, I guess I don't really know how much from a writing perspective, I guess how much was on Jason. Was he, was he only working on some of the solo breaks? Was he doing more of the riff stuff? Was that more of a Zoltan thing? I mean, I wonder, did they work on that collaboratively? I guess I just don't know. So is this going to change the sound of five finger in some way? Well, I guess we'll just have to wait
1: to see. Yeah. That's a lot of death yep. punch news there.
0: It is. It, you know what? If Five finger death punch you in the face, bro.
2: I, I, um, <laughs> so going back to that whole, um, the whole, uh, um, video and stuff and, um, I, I guess I just saw this news bit before I came on here, but I guess Serge Tankian of um, System of a Down is starting to take pop shots at the drummer of the band because they have opposite political. And so I I, I just find that weird. That that um, who who came up with the idea for that video? You know, was it a was it a collaboration or did one of the people in the band come up with it and the rest of them just said go with it? Because none of them are in the video, I don't think, or are they? Okay.
0: They they are everyone everyone with okay. Jason. I, yeah. At the at the very end, so it the end of their So just leads me to wonder
2: if you know if you know what I mean by that. Was it was, was yep, it something yep, that yep, totally, that they totally. all were into and maybe that was something that maybe Jason didn't agree with and he decided to leave too. Or, or I mean there's always there's always yeah, a story I,
0: behind it. I don't know. There's
2: never just I just decided to leave. There's usually something
0: yeah i mean I, we, yeah. we do yeah we do know i mean they 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 only had nice things to say i mean we know that jason hook yeah. just got married too um he i know he's posted social stuff he was on on his honeymoon um and you know what getting married let's be honest it does change you <laughs> you know and maybe it's just it does maybe that was a good time for a, a clean break and he had other things he wanted Damn. to do. Who knows? Right. I mean, it could be totally innocent. And he's like, you know what? I want to work on doing this, this, and this. I mean, there's a lot of successful musicians that go on and make, you know, uh, a, a great career just, you know, producing, doing studio Damn. stuff. I mean, who knows?
1: And Andy, to what you're saying, I mean, that sounds a lot like what happened in Machine Head.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. The, I, I
1: read that. about that too, where. Dave McLean and Phil Demmel left. Cause they didn't really agree with the direction Rob was going.
2: Yep. I, I remember re- yeah, that just happened recently too, as well.
0: So what yep. happens, so what happens when, and I know that I think he's kind of mellowed a little bit in his older years, but whatever happened to mega Dave Mustaine, you know, you kind of wonder <laughs> some of those albums, you know how much of it was, you know, was truly just him, and then getting the musicians to basically they were hired musicians for the album, right, or whatever, mm-hmm. or how much are they really like part of the band? I I always wonder. You know, there's uh, like I mean, it's interesting. Like um, I was texting you last week, uh, Jim, about uh, the system has failed. And yeah. I will say probably one of it actually is one of my favorite Megadeth records, but dude, that's it not what like your
1: text every... said. What's that? Your text said, this is the best Megadeth album <laughs> ever fight me.
0: <laughs> okay. I was being, a little, I was exaggerating a little,
1: <laughs> but yeah. So um... I did go and listen to it after that. Uh, I put gloves on ready to hit and everything. <laughs> this is really good. and I don't know if I would put it above Rust in Peace or Peace sells, but it's right up there. It's a damn good album. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> if you notice it too, I mean, almost every track it's just written by Dave Mustaine, right? So, yeah, it's uh, you know, and but it's interesting too because Chris Bol Chris Boland came in to do some of the solos and stuff, and um, yeah. So you always wonder the dynamic between the band. I don't know. It just it it makes me. I always think of a band as like that family unit but apparently that's just not that's my misconception. i got something to add
2: to that too i, I guess <laughs> I
0: um i've read uh, a few
2: inter, um um i think it was was it blizzard of oz or whatever the ozzy osbourne um album just hit its 40th year it was released in 1980 i can't remember which exact probably, one it sounds right i think it was blizzard of oz his yep. first solo be- album and they were interviewing the guy and 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 he was saying oh ozzy is great ozzy and then they went to Sharon and they're like, so what do you, th- you know, how was Sharon there? And I guess Sharon treated all those people who played with Ozzy <laughs> as the hired help. Yeah. She saw them just as pawns in right. Ozzy's, you know, big game.
1: Yeah, they, and... yeah, they went to court yeah. over it a few years later. Like maybe I think in the there's a big court case because they wanted more money for the albums they were on. So I think that's why they did a lot of the remastered yeah. re-releases of his albums. With all the album covers that say Ozzy Big on the side, and then it's got the original album cover but smaller. So you, oh,
0: interesting! I did not know it,
1: that. Yeah, because like you're saying, Andy. Yeah, that's exactly right. That that's how they were treated, and you know, they thought they were they should have got paid for. I think they did some writing and stuff, but yeah, there's a big case, and I think one thing they learned is don't fuck with Sharon. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> I guess also <laughs> right. I was reading when um.
2: I think it was Ozzy's new album came out, his recent one, Under the Graveyard. I don't know if that's the name of the album. I know that's the song that came out. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ordinary Man. When or- that came Ordinary out, people, there were some people saying, oh, this is some of the best stuff Ozzy's written in a long time. And then it turned out that some of his hit songs that he was claiming that he wrote, some of them were written by the guy from Motorhead, Lemmy. He wrote music for Ozzy, and, but Ozzy what? took, um, I didn't know that. took um, credit for it all. I can't remember if it was Jason Newstead. There was there was another guy who who, yeah. who said that he knows that Lemmy had written a few of Ozzy's hit songs.
1: I wonder if he did Hellraiser. I know that Motorhead covered Hellraiser, so I wonder if that would make one. And you know, Newstead was with Ozzy in the band for a little while. So yeah, I, I, I don't know specifically
2: who it was who said that he knew yeah, specifically I, I, that Lemmy had written some music for Ozzy, and then Ozzy. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it's all Sharon behind the scenes because she's a shrewd. And, and Ozzy just doesn't have a clue, Uh-oh. and he's just like, Oh, this is some great yeah, stuff, um, you know. And it's like,
0: <laughs> I wonder, I don't know, man, you know, uh, or uh, you know, Lemmy's not with us anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know, know if but I, I when, when I
2: heard that, when when um, they were talking, I can't remember who they were talking to, and he was like, Yeah, um, like. And they were talking about how Ozzy was the greatest song, you know, like he had all these great hits that he wrote himself and Ozzy was claiming that he wrote all the music that he, that they performed. And then this guy was like, that's not true. Hmm.
1: Sharon wow. probably told him he wrote it when yeah. he was wasted. The time. And then again, back
2: that. in the day too, people <laughs> yeah. were always, Um, I guess I never knew this, but I found this out in a couple of uh, autobiographies that I have read. People were ghost writing songs back in those days. Because you had bands coming out with, like, an, a, an album in oh, 80, yeah. 81, 82, 83, and there's no way they wrote, had enough time to write all that music. So they would have um, people ghostwrite music. they get paid for their writing of the music, and then they would – they would. so, like, Lemmy could have written, you know, uh, you know, Howl at the Moon, you know, or Bark at the Moon, and he just got paid, like, you know, here's $20,000, and then Ozzy just claimed that he wrote it so i i know back in um I so i I yeah, it's not be. metal but i know like uh there were um some uh bands back in like the late 60s early 70s and there was people there were people that they hired to just basically write songs and then these bands would take them and they would play them and they would they would get all the writing credit and everything for the song but in the long run nowadays and then you find out that these people weren't writing this music because they they you 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 can sometimes tell because later on their music changes it changes across the whole you could tell that they didn't write all that music
0: well i mean it, it definitely happens i mean people are doing it you know people i know authors that um you know they they hire ghostwriters and mm-hmm. they they have ghostwriters that are local or they um even sometimes they uh offshore some of that stuff and they'll have basically hire Ghostwriters from an, a, a company and have you know company basically someone from the uk or like india and they'll they'll write a book that the author is supposed to be like american and sometimes you can tell because <laughs> they'll use certain words or certain like vernacular that it's like apparently like this got through editing right so yeah it's interesting uh interesting stuff man
1: yeah, it's like um, when Prince died. I had no idea he wrote so many songs and sold them to people. He did it all the time, I guess. Did he really? I I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like as soon as he died, they were saying all these contributions he had all over the place, and there's songs that were made famous by other people, but he wrote them. It was like, nah, what right. was it Sinead O'Connor? And uh, nothing compares to you. That was a Prince song.
0: Really, man? Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm so out of it. Dude, you hear that? Uh, Miley Cyrus is gonna cover some Metallica stuff. I did. I heard that today.
1: Yeah. I Think if they collaborated, they'd have to call <laughs> it poo <poo-poo>. poo. <laughs> uh, However, hey, right, I am looking forward to it. I yeah,
0: obviously it, love man. all
1: things Metallica, so that'd be cool to hear.
0: Yeah, just go ahead and bring it. I mean, I, I didn't realize that she already did. Uh, she covered uh, nothing else matters. Oh, that was at the sound, that was at event. the Chris
1: Cornell.
2: Um... Okay memorial concert that she, that they did yeah Soundgarden performed with like a whole bunch of like oh, people really? that they came out and sang and some of them played with them and yeah she did like i think she did black hole sun and nothing and, and nothing else matters and something else with Soundgarden. garden
1: hmm. yeah, that's cool
0: okay well i'll 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 give her some respect for that <laughs> it's all good yeah. man yeah. Um, Andy, all right. So these are man. two <laughs> that I,
2: I well, I one of them I'm, I'm excited about, and the other one I've been waiting for two months for, and I I can't get it fast enough. But basically, um, I just recently read that uh, on October 23rd, which is Friday, uh, the new Armored Saint album comes out, and I know we've heard what one or two oh, singles nice, off the nice. album, and it, it sounds amazing. I I I. Yep. Like I said earlier, I wasn't an armored saint back in the day, but I really like John Bush and, and Anthrax, I gotta admit. He's even though um, he's not the original guy, I really like his stuff with Anthrax. You can come on. So I I, I really like yeah. his vocals, yeah. Yeah. so I, I'm pretty me excited too. to hear this new album. And the and the other one that I'm really excited about, I pre ordered yeah, and it's be yeah. great. of course it got delayed the um, the physical copy, the the LP as we would say back in the day. Um, the new seven dust album is amazing. They just dropped a brand (laughs) new video today for the new single. And I cannot remember the name of it, but it's off of their new album. And I can't remember the name of that either. I'm sorry. I forgot. Um, but I'm really excited about it. They basically, (laughs) they basically said, they basically said, um, COVID the COVID shutdown really, um, made this album come together way faster than they expected because they were going to take a, a, a time off. They were going to take like a year off. Because if you know anything about 7Dust, they're either on tour or in the studio recording. That's just how 7Dust is. And they basically, when COVID hit, they started writing and they didn't really have, they couldn't go anywhere. So they basically wrote and recorded and everything all really quick. And they're pretty excited to get on the road. So their new album, they um, released two other singles and um, one of them was a Soundgarden cover of the day I tried to live um, as a tribute to Chris Cornell. Um, and it is amazing. It's, 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 it's all seven dust, but it really does a really good job of of taking that song. And it's amazing. I mean, it brought tears to my eyes when I
1: heard it
0: the first time. That's awesome. Definitely
1: yeah, cool. check that out. Yeah. I know seven dust was actually in lacrosse last year i think and i didn't find out about it until a day or two before they were here and i already had tickets to another show uh kublai khan which is awesome but i'm like two awesome bands come through mm-hmm. lacrosse on the same night that's like, that's the yards? cool that's the really cool know, thing about some do. of <laughs> us is they
2: awesome. they do a lot of like they'll do chicago blah, blah blah but they always hit those small towns too which is really cool like they'll hit boulder colorado or you know those like not i mean like Lacrosse, or you know, like those those towns usually are forgotten on most tours.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, um, I uh, and then actually, um, we'll come right back to to Jim for some release stuff. But I just that it kind of goes right into one of the the concert calendar events I wanted to talk about. Seven Dust. So to actually have a live stream event, and that live stream uh, concert set for this Friday. And uh, like Andy said, it is their only live performance for the entire year of 2020 and so um there that live stream event um I actually got a um, got a ticket um andy's andy's gonna actually make a hike up to my neck of the woods and we're gonna enjoy that socially distance of course and uh we're gonna we're gonna check it out uh from the comfort of our own living room, so that's gonna be pretty crazy and the cool thing too is that you can get your own uh your brand new seven dust live in your living room event t shirt, which is pretty cool. Um and then you can also do um a raffle. So if you if you basically uh go get your live stream uh ticket you can actually also purchase a raffle ticket and you can win you know a seven dust autographed guitar you can win uh win a whole bunch of other uh yeah. items and prize pack and stuff like that. So you
1: know what they can cool. start doing? What's that? With, you know you sign up for these live streams and you put in your Name your email address, and sometimes your actual address with your credit card or whatever. But instead of having like locations where they tour, they should have like everybody's name and email address. Like they went here, they went here, <laughs> they, went here they went here.
0: That's funny. That, that'd be yeah. Good. Also, that'd be a cool a thing shirt.
1: about
2: about that shirt though is <laughs> it's gonna have the There's very true. brand new. It they show it in the um the day I tried to live video, but their brand new um like their Seven Dust logo. It's a brand new one that they have. It looks really cool.
0: Cool, cool that's that's awesome. So, um, and again, we'll, we'll come back to uh, another release, but I got a great Seven Dust story. Um, uh, so I got into Seven Dust um, again. Andy, we, we've talked about this in the past, so I know you're a huge Seven Dust fan. Um, I, I I really got into them. Basically, their their first album, their self titled uh, mm-hmm. Seven Dust. Home is the second, second one. one my was, favorite. That, was that home? Was their second one? Yep. So the. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those first two albums are just freaking killer. And it's a crazy story of why I got into them in the first place and (laughs) um, the controversy around that. (laughs) And then when I, when I saw them live for the very first time, so basically I read, this was back before internet was like main (laughs) mainstream of, you know, where we get all of our news. I was reading in an actual physical magazine um, that this band was coming out and they had a brand new management company and producer and it was produced by uh, JJ French and Mark Mendoza from Twisted Sister. And I was like, oh, well, man, if these two guys from Twisted are representing this band, I have to check them out. So I I went and bought the the physical CD and dude, just freaking it was so killer. Like their first CD was so good, could not stop listening to it nonstop. I mean, for months right it was just freaking awesome um then i found out later that i don't know jj and mark's uh management company i guess hosed them somehow i don't know i guess seven dust sued them <laughs> the company went out of business they sued them um i don't know i don't know what kind of what happened but whatever um but the crazy part is that you know this band i was super into them and, you know, I would bring them up to, like, friends and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you hear about this new band? Like, nobody really heard of them before. And I was super into them. Then I uh, I went to – and I would go for several years. I would go to Milwaukee Metal Fest, right? So this, you know, weekend event, you know, at uh, uh, the Rave, downtown Milwaukee, before it moved to the, the State Fairgrounds. And so they had, like, three, maybe four stages, different bands playing all day, right? And, of course, the first band – Freaking would play at like 1 PM on or noon on a Saturday. Right. And so no one's there. They're just getting set up or whatever. And I kid you not, I'm walking in um, Saturday, we park, we were walking in me and a few buddies and I'm like, what the hell? Like someone was carrying a guitar case plastered with seven dust bumper stickers. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look, I'm like, they're not on the bill. Like they weren't scheduled to play. I would have recognized it. Right. I'm like, what the hell? And I go in sure enough, right by the fricking like ticket booth, right by the counter there. Lejean is just standing there. And I walk over. I'm like, dude, are you Lejean from seven dust? He goes, Hey brother. And he like shakes my hand. Super nice guy. We talk for, you know, five minutes. And uh, I was like, Oh my God, I'm a huge fan. I like, he was super humble. Really, really cool. And he's like, yeah, we're playing, we're, we're, we're the first band. We're playing the Eagles ballroom. Like that's the biggest, the biggest stage at the venue. And uh, so he's like, I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll see you there, man. And so literally they go on like noon on a Saturday or whatever in front of like 50 people. Right. I mean, there was like hardly anybody there. And so I'm like right there at the stage. And of course he recognized me. He's doing like, you know, shaking my hand, you know, while while he's up on stage, it was just, you know, you felt like I was like, Oh, he knows me, but he has no fucking clue who I am. Right. But anyway, um, literally we just met 20 minutes ago or whatever. Anyway. So then you fast forward one year later. Okay. So I see him in the Eagles ballroom at, at the rave in Milwaukee in front of 50 people, right. One, one year later, I see them on the same stage at the same venue for the tattoo, your uh, tattoo, your, what is it? Tattoo, tattoo the earth. earth. Yeah. Ta- tattoo the earth tour in front of a sold out show under, you know, 5,000 people in front of that same stage. <laughs> awesome. So it was just cool seeing the trajectory, right? You start out playing that show in front of 50 people and then boom, a year later, it's in front of 5,000. It was, it was freaking awesome I don't, to be honest, I have no idea what the capacity is of the Eagles ballroom, but it it was anyway. That's my long-winded, lame. I thing have a similar story, but I didn't get to Louisiana meet him. Seven Dust. But of how I of anyway. how I
2: discovered Seven Dust. Ah. So they, if you if you guys remember Edge Fest back oh, yeah? in the day, that? they that was a, it, it was X Fest. Then it became Edge Fest. Then it became X Fest again. Oh, yeah. But what? when it was Edge Fest, it was the. Uh, it was the second day of Edgefest and so it was sunday morning at like 10am and on the, on one side of the stage was all the bands that were booked by the radio station and they had the two the two stages that were side by side if you remember those days so that one band would set up while the other band was performing so on one side of the yep. stage yeah. was it was like 10 in the morning and so I can't remember who was playing on on the side that the record, the uh, the uh, ninety three point seven had booked, but it was like a lot of people over there, and, and and it's Sunday morning at a festival. So if you if you know anything about festivals, Sunday morning, everybody's either hungover or they don't want to see the band that's on at ten a.m. So there's usually like about like a, not even a thousand people here. Yeah, right. So most of the people are over there. Then they get done, and all of a sudden, these like five dudes in like bright orange, um, like like they're in jail you know things yeah like jumpsuits like they're from prison come out oh like and like like nobody moves from the other side because i think it was like the uh i can't remember who was on the other side but it was like another huge band that was a radio favorite or whatever and then on this other stage they had booked like a festival like a touring festival that was huge you know like they would come and play the one day but they did that because on the cheap i think iggy pop was the uh was the headliner and then they had a whole bunch of like alternative bands that played and they just kind of did it to make money you know as they went around the, the country and so they played and there was a, like about 14 people standing in front of the stage and I, I don't think anybody knew who they were and they performed in me and i had a buddy um, <laughs> who came with me because oh i had an God. extra ticket but but my other buddy couldn't go so he came with me on that day we just looked at each other after the first song and we were like oh my word these guys are going to be huge these guys are awesome And of course, since it was the edge, not a lot of people were into the heavier side of stuff. You know, they were more into the, you know, it was more like the softer, you know, like the the modern rock type Mm -hmm. stuff at the time. But we just were, we went over there and we were just like, you guys are awesome. You know, like, like we just had that look on our face. And of course, I don't think they even had a record out yet because I I don't think they even had a record out yet. I think they were just touring because they were like an add on at the, at the very end of the, you know, because they were the first band on that tour. And they were just—they just blew us away. And I was like, "This band sure. is going to be awesome." I even went to my friend who bailed out on me for the ticket. I said, "You missed this band called Seven Dust, and these guys are going to be awesome." And then when their album came out, that's when they then they hit—they hit them. Hit the, I, I was like, "I was like, yep. I knew this band would become huge." Next,
1: yeah, so what was their first big? I song think it was release? Black was, was
2: Black?
1: their first single. It's yeah. The first song after their first album. I remember, it's. Yeah, but I heard that on 93 X or if it was Edge or X at the time, I remember, but I heard that, and I'm like, holy shit, but dude, that's, this is that's,
0: awesome. Yeah, very cool. That's, that's very my good. crazy, I mean, I'm not, not trying to trump your story, because yours is way cooler,
2: because you got to meet Lejean, I didn't get to meet Lejean, but it's like, it's the same way, it's like, there there's nobody <laughs> right. into them, and then all that's of a sudden, right, a year later, they were on OzFest, playing in front of like, you know, 25,000 people, and they were like the first or second band yeah, on OzFest, right? the next year when we went.
0: Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, we got some again, great, uh, great stuff around seven dust. I'm looking forward to the live stream. Uh, Again, I won't be as familiar with some of the recent releases, but it's still going to be fun to, uh, to watch that live stream this weekend. So make sure you uh, check your social. I'm sure the thrash report will have some live updates from that live stream. Very cool. Yeah. Jim, what uh, I'm excited about this, uh, this release.
1: Yeah, last Friday, the band Spirit Adrift released Enlightened in Eternity. Yeah, it's their fourth album. It's a departure from their first three, which are kind of doomy and gloomy. But I listened to some of it. I've heard some on liquid metal, and it's fast. It's kind of a little power metal, progressive. And I would definitely give it a rating of something out of something.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I will... uh... I'm definitely going to add it to my playlist. Yeah. You know, that's one thing we got, we got to do. You know, we talked about that uh, earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to figure out a way that we can have the thrash report playlist so that people can just subscribe to the playlist. And then every week they're going to get um, the list of songs that we talk about or that we think are cool. So mm-hmm. um, if anyone listening has a great idea, you know, so we don't have to manage multiple playlists. I don't know. I mean, do we just use Spotify or or what the best uh maybe I don't know maybe I can just add a link that they can subscribe um on our Facebook page. page. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll figure yeah. it out. But uh yeah, if anyone listening has a good idea on the best way to do that or if you even think that would be <laughs> cool, maybe you think that's stupid, I don't want to listen to your shit. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Um cool man. Well, you know, one thing the, one of the last things I, I do want to mention about uh festivals, dude the summer 2021 festivals here in the U S have started to drop already. Yeah. So rock fest, rebel rock, all these lineups and dates are starting to drop in the U S it's been happening a lot in the UK and overseas, um, for some time now. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious. I know you and I, uh, Jim, we talking about the rock fest lineup. Yep. Um, uh, there's, there's a couple good, you know, good acts on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, uh, Jose Mengin dropped rebel rock. Yeah. Um, uh, most likely he's going to be emceeing that when I take it huh?
1: Yeah. Like he normally does for that. If it's the Dan Wimmer presents, then he's the man.
0: Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, again, if we are, you know, our talk where things are somewhat back to normal by next summer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's the one worry I have, right? Like literally we're going to get to next summer <laughs> and now they're going to start canceling everything all over again. You know what I mean? Like you just got my hopes up and they, then you shit out. they already had you one know? band yeah. that already
2: canceled the 2021, um, tour monster magnet monster magnet had rescheduled their tour and then they decided to, to cancel really? their, I think it was January oh, yeah. through February and March there. It was, it, I think it was planned for the, the end of this year was the 20th or 25th anniversary of one of their big albums. From 1991 or, or 2001 or something, and, and they decided to 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 get rid of the, the not tour then. Yeah, they, they said and, and they, 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 they said that they it was that even though we're during, four months away, it's just too COVID, soon just, to have it... you know fans and and and, and 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 a lot of the the um, the places they were going to play couldn't guarantee that they'd even be open.
1: So. Right, right. Well, I know from first-hand experience, the front man from Monster Magnet, Dave Windorf, is that his name? He, he has a he has a history of walking away from shows. I don't know if you guys were at the one in the city's early 2000s after that Space Lord Mother song was out. And I forget yeah. what bands they were with, but we were there and just not really enjoying it, but not as upset as somebody. as Apparently some guy in the audience was just chucking quarters at him. And in the, oh. in the middle of one of their songs, he stops and says, "That motherfucker throws one more quarter at me. We're fucking done." <laughs> <laughs> right when they start back oh the up, with the quarters. says get oh, out of here. here. <laughs> oh and on the stage, and then the rest of the band is holding their stuff, just looking at each other like that. Show really? it was they were, were opening you? for
2: um, Rob Zombie. <laughs> And Rob Zombie is really good friends with him And he Rob Zombie even said that if, yes. He, oh, he wow. might not ever come back to the Twin Cities Because of that, like proper Twin Cities Because he said that, that That's just disrespectful to to teach wow. Or to, you know to. But... I don't think he's been back since then either Like to the proper Twin Cities yeah. Yeah.
0: That's crazy
1: Yeah, not to my knowledge
0: but... Yeah, I don't know so, I think uh again we got we got we got to keep rolling here boys. I think uh normally here this is where we stop for a typical advertisement break, but you know what I'm going to do? I want to just uh, take a couple seconds to talk about um save our stages. Yes. So, um yeah, so we know that this is a hard time for live music, music venues. Let's be honest, they're not going to survive the pandemic without your help. So, your voice, your listeners out there your voice, your voice really does matter. Please tell your legislators to save independent music venues. Help us save our stages by telling Congress to act now. Um, save our stages and support the updated HEROES Act. So please help us spread the word, um, share our hashtag, hashtag saveourstages, and ask all your friends to as well. Um, while we continue to make your voices heard, um, some venues that are in dire need Um, of help today, Um, you know, we really do encourage you, if you can, please afford to donate to the NIVA's Emergency Relief Fund. And the NIVA Emergency Relief Fund was created to really raise money for those most vulnerable venues to really keep them going uh, while we wait on Congress. So um, for more information and to donate, please visit SaveOurStages.com. And thanks everyone for for their support. So nice work,
1: Chris. Thank you. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks everyone for uh, contributing. Really do appreciate it. Um, Jim. Yes. You got you got you got some. You always stump me because I'm just a chump on these <laughs> trivia questions. What do you got?
1: All right. This was this is related to our back in the day album, but um, a friend of mine on Facebook just mentioned a couple of these fake lyrics from Trivium. I don't know if you guys have seen a, uh, <laughs> there's a YouTube lyric interpretation video for Trivium song, Pull Harder on the Strings of Your Martyr. You guys-
0: no, I have. Oh,
1: I used to watch it all the time. My friend John, I know he listens to this. Uh, he, we used to sing or watch it all the time and say it all the time, different lyrics from it. But it's, uh yeah, so the song, Pull Harder on the Strings of Your Martyr, the actual lyrics are not Boat, Rudder, Strange Mountain. <laughs> and when it uh, comes on i can't hear the actual lyrics i'm just in there Bow, writer, writer. <laughs> check that out
0: oh, the so uh, link
1: in the notes but it's hilarious because there's images to go with it and it's just I'm watching that's again awesome. tonight and i missed it but you do maybe want to avoid some of the hate that they put out in the middle of it, just trashing on Trivium. So ignore that. Ah, Yep.
0: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's like, too, there's like some uh, YouTube video that was ripping on disturbed and like his, you know, his, his, you know, like the whole, the whole video. Now it's hilarious. Right. But still they're like really kind of dishing out, ripping on disturbed and I'm like, Dude, come on, man. Actually, what's funny? I was doing some housework on Saturday. I was uh, doing some caulking and painting and stuff, and I had uh, my music running on on random, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the song came on, and I'm like, "Dude, this is like heavy." I'm like, "Who is this?" I don't even know. I had to ask Siri who this was, and it was it was Disturbed. Like, (laughs) it was a song I didn't even know, but it was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's too funny. Has there been a Uh,
1: crossover done between their song "Stupefy" and Harry Potter? (laughs)
0: no but there should dude i think you just i think you just volunteered yourself man. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um i'm excited now because one of the favorite parts of of uh the show i like is when we take a look back in the day take a new look on a release from back in the day
1: yeah jim what release do you have here well speaking of matt heafy and trivium uh he was one of the four captains on the Roadrunner United album that came out 15 years ago. And that album came out. Roadrunner said, you know, we're 25 years old. We should do something cool. So they came up with like an all-star team. They picked four captains. And those four captains each selected different artists that are currently or used to be with Roadrunner and just to collaborate, team up, write songs. So as I said, one of the captains was Matt Heafy and a couple other Thrash Report favorites, Dino Cazares, Rob Flynn, and uh Joey Jordison were the four captains and I was gonna list some of the guests, but everybody
0: There's just there's so many yeah. Yeah, so We many. talked
1: about Mark Hunter from Chimera, Glenn Benton, King Diamond, Mina Caputo, Max Cadillera, Danny Filth, Corey Taylor, Death Barra, oh, Michael Ackerfeld, Jesse Leach, Kyle Thomas, Michael Graves, Tim Williams, Christian Macano. <laughs> that's just that's awesome. Uh, so-
0: so this so this Roadrunner United this is out now it this, this came is out, out 15 back.
1: years ago celebrating Roadrunner's oh, wow. 25th year Got yeah. it. okay and I just listened to it again Dude, that's
0: that's awesome
1: yeah I listened to it again last week and I used when it first came out I listened to it all the time you know it was a collaboration disc I didn't have an iPod or anything and you know couldn't right. really couldn't stream anything so I'd listen to this all the time sitting at work and then I played again last week and it was like I never stopped listening it's just the next song came on I'm that's like that's awesome. Oh yeah I love this one. <laughs> Every time.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Well I'm gonna definitely add that to my library for oh, this week. That's freaking awesome. It's brilliant. Very very cool. Very cool. Yeah we uh we're gonna talk about um again a band that we often uh talk about our respect to is Pantera. Oh right? yeah this actually marks yeah it marks the 20th anniversary remastered release of re. re- Reinventing the steel. That CD. is
1: affirmative. Um,
0: <laughs> that's right. So this this three CD set it includes some newly remastered versions of the original album and a selection of like rare tracks and stuff like that. Um, a major highlight is again new mix by Terry Date. We talked about this a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Um, has uh, new Terry Date mixes on some of those uh, some of those songs. Um, the digital collections also have. Uh, the original album, as well as the newly remastered Terry Date versions. And it was uh, basically the original recordings that were co-produced by, you know, obviously Vinny and Dimebag and that type of thing. The cool thing is that it has some singles. Not only it has the original, the album version, but also radio edits for Revolutions My Name and Goddamn Electric. has covers from Electric Funeral by Black Sabbath, uh, Hole in the Sky from Black Sabbath. And Cat Scratch Fever, um, Ted Nugent, which, again, I forgot they did that yeah. song. That was really cool when they did that. Um, and then um, they also have – I didn't know about this track that was on a, a soundtrack. So they have um, Avoid the Light and uh, Immortally Insane. Again, I yeah. don't know what, what soundtrack that's from. So definitely going to check it out. Um what, what's interesting too is um revolver interviewed Rex and um and phil and it was actually i had to add some of these quotes in here so Rex went on to say that it was really difficult to look back um 20 years on reinventing the steel because it knew that it marked for him the final studio effort right it was it was the record was the end and so it was hard for him to talk about Right. Because to me, it was kind of like their last great performance, their last hurrah. And then, you know, things that they always said was, you know, you're only good as your last show. And so it really it was, you know, hard for him to kind of think back to that time. Um, The interesting thing is that Phil, um, he mentioned that, you know, this album really he has fond memories because he kind of cleaned up his act a bit. Um, basically lit a fire under his ass, um, dime, you know, basically dime and him were really, really close during that recording and writing session. So it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, he, it said, Phil even said, I showed up for jam sessions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, he was really impressed with himself and he wasn't all just messed up constantly. So it was really a brush a breath of, uh, fresh air. And it was, and, and he said, renewed bit of brotherhood, um, on this album so yeah yeah i'm excited for it i mean i'll definitely get it and i want to listen to the different mixes um kind of seeing some of the differences and i'm looking forward to listening to uh cat scratch fever again yeah <laughs> that'd be great
1: yeah like their hole in the sky cover is just i've awesome. never heard i didn't
0: even know they did those oh, two black Sabbath songs. it is absolutely yeah oh yeah because yeah. I, I know was, they did that uh, one song from nativity, nativity
2: black of black two, one and it got they got the, shot down because it was too soft the, they did um yeah, Planet Caravan. They wanted him to do something heavy because yep. they're popping their Pantera, and they were like, "This is what we're doing. Yeah. If you don't like it, then bug oh off. Yeah, yeah." And they said, "Well, we're not going to take it." And <laughs> I read Pantera an interview trendy. with um with I think it was Dimebag <laughs> and Vinny back in those days where they were like, "Yeah, we we gave them this song for the for the Black Sabbath tribute album, and they didn't want it. They wanted something real heavy. They I think they wanted him to do Paranoid or something like that." <laughs> and they were they were just kind of like no we this is the song we like we we love this song okay and
1: they yeah. were just
2: like nope we want something heavier i guess maybe that's why they came back to him and went uh maybe we should have taken your song <laughs> after they put it on um their album and it was a pretty big pretty big thing i think <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yep. another video for-
0: yeah hole in the sky yeah go listen to hole in the sky it oh, freaking so it rips it's yep that's awesome. So we're going to, um, that's uh, almost wrapping up this episode. We got just a few follow-ups. Yeah. I know we talked about last week, Jim, we talked about uh, Rob Zombie and some of the the film efforts yeah. <laughs> that he had done. Yeah. Um, I, I also watched House of a Thousand Corpses.
1: Yeah. As did I. So, and yeah, it was awesome. I don't remember it being that good. I don't know if maybe my tastes in, movies or horror change or something I don't know but I, I loved it that was great
0: it was uh, it was good I mean I, again I like I like horror movies it was good but to me it was still it was it was kind of random like it was kind of like uh, like artsy in ways that like sometimes in between like the cut scene or like when they move from one scene to another they'd be like this this five second interlude <laughs> of like a scene that was like shot in like negative yeah. and like all artsy I could do without that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just yeah. my, that's just my thought, but you know what? He's the artist. So it made sense to yep. him, but yeah, it was cool. And and I had no idea that, that Rainn Wilson was in it. I, <laughs> I had forgot no that idea too. that Chris, Chris hard, Chris Hardwick was yeah. in it. I totally um, forgotten
1: Hardwick. And I don't think I knew who Rain Wilson was back then. So when I saw his name on the credits, I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs>
0: I know, and so then, so then, when I saw those two guys, I jumped into IMDb, which I typically do for almost every movie because I like looking up like the trivia yep. and shit. And uh, I had no idea that the one, like, woman in the show, like the younger woman, is like Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry
1: Moon Zombie. You
0: no, know? yeah, yeah, and she, she only only acts in his movies, and she continually turns down offers from other studios. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the what? sequel
2: wow. to 10, the house anyway, of a thousand corpses so is a, called that, um, the devil's rejects. Uh, and it's awesome. It's, it's way hard to watch, but it's awesome. Yep, it's I, super. I mean, it's really disturbing. Funny? Cause you know, they're supposed to be off kilter. The fam, <laughs> the, the firefly family, whatever they're called. I can't remember exactly what they call them in the movies, but yeah, there's um, yeah. the, I think it's um, the mm-hmm. clown guy. Yep. The guy with the long hair. I I I don't. I haven't seen The House of a Thousand Corpses in a while. So, and then um, and then. Sherry Moon Zombie. Uh, they, they go off. They they, they leave the house and, and and they go off on uh uh yeah. let's, a spree. Let's call that. But the. But, so I and, and I heard you guys talk about Brian Hassan. Oh, in ahead. one of your podcasts. I didn't know who that was, because, but you guys were like, he's awesome, so I looked it up. I'm awesome. like, that guy's like yeah. in every other movie I watch, and he just has some unassuming role like in the background or something. <laughs> and he's in that movie. He he, he He's in that movie. <laughs> and, and, and so I was like, oh, that's the guy yeah. from yeah. Double Rejects. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I have to revisit
1: that
0: next. I
1: remember cool. Yep. hard to watch like it was just i think last week i said it was just horror for horror's sake but or slashing for <laughs> slashing sake or something but i'll have to they also... give it a re-watch now
0: yeah it'll be uh it'll be on my list this weekend and so andy i just didn't realize me i love you know, horror I movies say, halloween is you, like my favorite movie fan. series i didn't think you watched horror movies man yeah <laughs> uh, why was I thinking I was yeah I was not so you yeah see that the, was awesome I saw the,
2: two the or three Halloween times in the theater like year, I can't remember like exactly
0: 30 years after that was wasn't it that's awesome well dude you got it well so you and I will hit yeah. the theater although then, I'm not a big fan like of Rob Zombie's second when Halloween when movie the next one comes out yeah that'd be awesome
2: the first one is amazing it like takes
0: I, you know what, I haven't seen his remakes on the so on the
2: movie. But it kind of gives um Michael Myers more of a backstory that is believable and like he just doesn't become evil. It's there there's a whole backstory to it and everything. So it's 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 I think it's amazing. I, I really like it. I saw that in the movie theater and at the drive in, so
1: yeah, I'd check that out.
0: That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. So guys, I uh, let's put this in in the in the record books. This is the longest episode of the Thrash Report no. ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go ahead and uh, um, I want to I want to wrap up here. So the one thing I want to do is make sure I let people know that um, please leave uh, you know basically leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can always contact us. Make sure you send us an email to the thrash report at gmail.com. You can always reach out to us and uh, on our Facebook page, the thrash report. Don't forget we're on Instagram and Twitter at thrash report. I want to thank Andy, our special guest yeah, this week. Thank you. I, Andy, I love so you guys' the show. Us. So it's a, a it's a privilege. Yeah, thank to you, be on. Super fun talking, talking metal. Thank you. Oh, thank, you so much, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, and and all the other listeners out there. Thank you so much for your time and your support. We appreciate it. We will catch you next time on (laughs) the Thrash Report.
2: Yes, no problem. I get long winded. I'm sorry. See ya.
0: All right.